"'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, except for two brothers laughing at their own dumb jokes. Christmas lights were twinkling, Luke was suppressing a burp, Don was four hours deep attempting to fold a fitted sheet, and the Don's definition team were busy wrapping presents. Unfortunately, they couldn't find a Wikipedia page on present wrapping, so their wrapping was pathetic. Honestly, it was just garbage. Embarrassing. Luke and Don were sitting by the fire sharing a few lozenges and a box of crummies. They were as hungry as a frog. They were reflecting on what a big year it had been for the podcast. Started six years ago to gain much-needed validation from complete strangers. This year, the show went next level and nearly, very nearly, wasn't shit. Under the tree, the boys spotted a most peculiar present, an odd-shaped gift, wrapped and labelled for Luke and Don. The boys bent down and unwrapped the present. They couldn't believe their eyes. It was what they had always wanted. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a barbecue product called the separator. It separates the meat from the vegetables. It's a wonderful product. The boys were awestruck. Luke and Don looked at each other and nodded. What a very Merry Christmas indeed. And to all of you, Merry Christmas. What's that about tolerators? A very Merry Christmas to tolerators everywhere. All right, Luke. The 2021 What's That About Christmas special. We're here again. Another year has passed. It's Christmas special time. How are you feeling? I am excited. Always excited. Big episode. Always a big episode. The- <laughs> it seems to be. We say it is anyway. I don't- the thing- this is probably the least big episode we've ever had. <laughs> the thing we've spoken about a little bit off there is how poor the Christmas specials always are. So it's the bit of coal in your stocking at the end of the year, this episode. It, re- it really is. It's not great. So, if you're listening to this episode, we're going to improve. We've got this. It, it's almost like it's cursed. Like, the harder we try to make it good, the worse they are. I, I cannot put my finger on it. I remember one year, very early on, maybe our first Christmas special, we put it out there. And for some reason, we got about 10 times more listeners than normal. Like Yeah, that was weird. We had a lot of... We probably almost had 10 listeners. It was very, very big. <laughs> and then I don't think any of them came back. So it was our, our chance to go into the stratosphere and we fluffed it. I like to think it was Mr. and Mrs. Claus and all the little elves <laughs> listening to our episode. <laughs> Just while they're busy making toys for the children around the world. <laughs> On the topic of Christmas, what what do you think the most... M- I'm going to do this as a as a little challenge here. I have in my head the most memorable Christmas present we've ever seen given. Memorable in a in an awkward and funny way. I'm going to put you on the test. Do you know what I'm thinking of? Okay, so this is we're kids, right? This is in the family. In the family, yep. Okay, a Christmas present. Nah, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. My all-time favorite Christmas present is when our grandma got our 20-year-old cousin. You know how grandmas sometimes forget? Oh, the- yeah, that's good. This is good. <laughs> they, they forget the difference between a boy who's six and a boy who's 16 and that there's actually quite a difference in what they like. Yeah. And there's like a bit of naivety when you're a grandma. She got one of our male cousins who was probably somewhere between 16 and 20, a fireman calendar because 
boys like firemen in the way that they like astronauts and policemen. <laughs> but it was a sexy fireman cal- um, calendar. <laughs> That's so good. So he's, he's unwrapped it and just like all these naked firemen on each month of the year. It was great. It was a great present. <laughs> it was good. I reckon the second most memorable Christmas present I've seen is the, the time that you got dad a packet of chewing gum. That was... Uh... <laughs> okay, your memory's all over those. I got Christian a packet of chewing gum. So Christian, our brother, and you know what? I was mocked for getting him a packet of chewing gum, but I was like five years old, and I thought he actually really liked gum at the time. So I was like, oh, that's a really thoughtful present. I'm gonna get him chewing gum, and it was actually from it was from the heart, little Lukey. And really I've been liked mocked for it gum ever at since. the time. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I once got him. I remember you bought Dad, and you were probably twenty at the time. Your present to Dad was a couple of HB pencils. <laughs> I was because he liked crosswords. He was really into <laughs> and this words at the time and the. The pencils flew under the radar, and I'm like, "Gotta get stuffed." You can't. That's just as bad as PK. PK chewing gum. I got him two HB pencils for his crosswords, and yep. one of those little necklaces that you can carry to the beach that you can put your keys in when you're in the water. <laughs> and I'm mocked as a five year old for buying my older brother <laughs> chewing gum, who happened to love chewing gum. <laughs> so. Oh, good. Uh, so we've, got a, we've got a little bit of housekeeping to tidy up before we move on with the actual episode. And as you know, Christmas special, we, we always do stocking fillers. So we've got six mini topics to, uh, mini what's that about topics to talk about rather than one longer topic, which is always exciting because we get the chance to do the topic that the other doesn't let them do during the year. That's, that's always good. So we smash through them pretty quickly. It's pretty. We keep it pretty light, not our usual in-depth analysis uh, that you're probably accustomed to. So just a, a word of warning. There. <laughs> with the housekeeping, though, firstly, I believe you've had another dalliance with a what's that about lover? Well, I got sorry, another a, what, a WhatsApp from... lover. Sorry, there are no what's that about lovers. A WhatsApp lover. No, there's not. It's not, not many tolerators. Uh, yeah, no, I did. I got one from Bonnie, um, and literally once again, nothing else to do. Thought I'd. Have a bit of a chat with Bonnie, and this this is a, re- a dramatic reenactment of what happened. Long time no see. How are you? Good, thanks. Who's this? My name's Bonnie. Where are you? I was in Sydney. Now I'm in Korea. All right. Yes. Has the fame of the What's That About podcast hit Korea? It's pretty big in Australia. Just so-so. Okay, so there's two brothers on this podcast called Luke and Don. Luke's informative. Don is sex in audio format. Who do you like best? Luke, it's a holiday this weekend. Is it? What holiday is it? Weekend. <laughs> Luke, just plain and simple. Luke, she just, knows. I can't believe it. She knows what's up. She knows what's down. Very good. Uh, I was in one level... I don't know why I was insulted because it's based on, I don't know what it's based on, probably the number of letters in your name. <laughs> it's like, Luke has more letters than Don, but I was still a little bit put out. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. But I said, Bonnie, what's going on? But like, for the rest of the responses, you weren't clear. Is it, like, is it an algorithm or a bot or what is actually informing these responses? But then when yeah. it said Luke, I'm like, oh, this is just a hot-blooded woman. That's the... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> She's got knees like everyone else. So, <laughs> uh, big thanks to Leah for my girlfriend for doing the voice of Bonnie, and I'd like to thank myself for doing the voice of myself. <laughs> Very nice. good. 
Yeah. Um, and I guess the other bit of housekeeping is we've been having a long conversation this year about a couple of big hot topics. Uh, one, bar of soap or liquid shower gel. Mm-hmm. So to kind of wrap it up at the end of the year, we decided to reach out to some experts in the field and you know get some advice. Now, you've sent a couple of emails off. You sent one off to Dove. Is that right? Yeah, I sent one to Dove basically saying, as came out a couple of episodes ago, I don't use a bar of soap. I use the Dove Beauty Bar. And I thought I'd just, you know, I'd weave a bit of fiction into the uh, into the inquiry. And I said, hey, I've been using the Dove Beauty Bar for years, but I'm still quite ugly. What am I doing wrong? And they kind of, they sent back a very long reply, but essentially how much of it was cut and paste? Maybe 99%. Yeah, I think so. So that was, that was, that, that was quite disappointing. <laughs> Me and Luke thought we could possibly get another segment out of this, like writing stupid questions to companies, but we quickly realized there wasn't much legs there's a lot of dead ends when you go down that path (laughs) that pathway (laughs) it sure is (laughs) with the other because the other question we've discussed a lot is how often do you need to wash your jeans and the general sense being most of our listeners in the survey wash them at least once a week and don and i Uh, which i find hard to believe that's they're lying through their teeth lying through their teeth yeah i don't think so we go years between a wash so i've uh (laughs) hey 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 hey. (laughs) don't bundle me into that I I was emailing a whole bunch of people that make jeans, like Jeans West and Just Jeans, and kind of saying, short and sharp, g'day, how often do I have to wash my jeans? Is once a year enough? Was how I was framing the question. Yeah. And everyone got back saying, well, it depends on how often you wear them, but surely you need to do it more than once a year. That is, until we came across Dominique from Levi's. Mm-hmm. She's written... I won't read all of it because it's quite long, but it's probably the best customer service response I've ever come across. Long story short, she's effectively saying, if you wear your jeans four or five times a week, you can get away with washing them every couple of months. If you're only wearing them once or twice a week, you can get away with it three or four months, every three or four months. Any less than that and once a year is probably okay. Yeah. Levi's is on board. How often are you wearing your jeans is the question. Ah, a couple of times a week. Dominique reckons I can, yeah. I can, I don't have to worry about it. But she also said you can just put them in the freezer if you don't want to wash them to save on water because apparently the, the freezer kills the bacteria in the jeans that you're trying to wash out. And she said our CEO endorses this strategy. And then I did a quick Google of it and everyone's saying Levi Strauss is talking rubbish when he says you can freeze your jeans and wash them <laughs> because lots of bacteria can survive in uh, frozen temperatures. All right, that's probably enough of the. Uh, the I think we need to crack the into mailbag. the. Need to crack into the, uh, <laughs> the. The curse of the Sorry. Christmas episode uh, lives on. Uh, it's <laughs> Again, this is absolute rubbish. I'm really sorry, guys. What do you think it is? Is it? We have checked out. It- We're in holiday mode. Luke's wearing a Hawaiian shirt for some reason. He's, he's, he's drinking. A, his drink is in a coconut. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> he's got an umbrella in the drink. Don has someone rubbing lotion onto. I think Bonnie is rubbing lotion onto Don's back at the moment. <laughs> She's pretending I'm um, you though, which is weird. But I'm just going with it. It's it's fine. I don't know whether it's, we're tired at the end of the year. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. Let's, let's push on. Yeah, I don't know let's either. Push on. Oh, hang on. Before we do the six topics, just a flag. At the end of the episode, we've got a whole bunch of magpie impressions to run through to announce our first. So many magpie impressions to run through to announce our... F- Too many. We're going to have to create a short list or something. It's just so many of them. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, to announce our winner of the inaugural magpie impression competition. But stocking fillers, Don, what is your first stocking filler? Sinkholes. 
What are they about? What are sinkholes about? Now, I, as a kid, I have no memory of even knowing about sinkholes. I just realised the last 10 years is when I've sort of realised that they're a thing. Do you? Do you remember them being a thing back in the day? Oh, I have no memory of them back in the day, but I reckon maybe once every 12 months I'll see a newspaper article with a sinkhole that looks incredible. That's, that's all I know about sinkholes. There's some amazing sinkholes out there. Um, so anyway, sinkholes are cavities in the ground that form when water erodes an underlying rock layer. And so basically what they're happening now, when they sort of reach the media, it's because usually a car has been... It just comes up in yeah. the middle of a city. Yep. And the like whole buildings have just disappeared down these holes before. It's, so what? So you're saying there's like... there's a, 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 You say water or air under a cavity of soil? What did you say in the definition? It's water. Water, right. So there's two, there's two types of sinkholes. One is... When the roof of a cave collapses and exposes this underground cavern, which is less common, that can happen. Usually, it's to do with water, and so if water is getting in there and there's nowhere to go, it can actually loosen up all the rock right. and then kind of creates a cavern that way. Yeah, okay. And then you know whatever's on top will hold for a certain amount of time, and then it will not hold and it will go down. So because the surface um, looks fine, hey, until that until that very moment where it collapses. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The world's deepest sinkhole. Was in China, reaching six hundred and sixty-two meters, far out. And the, the most amazing one in China, you can even look it up on um, just Google it. There's one in China where it's sort of the sinkhole has happened. It's massive, and then the trees and things have started to grow in the sinkhole. And there's some really amazing photos of this really old sinkhole with basically trees and you know animals and things. Oh, that's cool. It. I'll check it out. It was really cool. I, I'm worried I've got a sinkhole in my backyard because I've got this cubby house that every Every so often I step on the flooring of it and then I feel like I'm going to sink into the earth and I have no idea what's going on under that soil, but I'm sinking, I'm sinking below ground level. Like it's, it's freaking me out. Really? Because I've actually got a list of warning signs Ooh. that you may be in danger of being in a sinkhole. So first one, fresh cracks in the foundations of houses and buildings. I've got a lot of cracks now in your house. your house is sinking, right? I've got the right side of my house. It's The kids pretend the hallways a slippery dip and they just go woo onto one side of the house. Like, That's a worry. Okay, yep. Cracks in the interior walls. Any cracks? You can probably see some right now in the back of the, uh, the Zoom camera. I've got a lot of cracks. Yeah. Uh, cracks on the ground outside. Yep. Depressions in the ground. Yep. <laughs> Trees or fence posts that tilt or fall. Yes, uh, my, my fence is falling down right next to it. Now, now the only thing, the only, <laughs> the only asterisk of that is, did you build the fence? Because if you build the fence, knowing your skills, yeah, I can discount that one. That's, that's just your handiwork. I'm ticking every box here. Yeah, doors or windows become difficult to open or close. Correct. But you're weak as well. <laughs> so that's a different factor. Rapid appearance of a hole in the ground. Well, it's not there yet, but that's the last box to tick, I think. It is, it's ridiculous. So, basically, one of the signs of a sinkhole is seeing a sinkhole. <laughs> is what that's, is if you see a sinkhole, that's a pretty sure sign that you're in danger of a sinkhole. <laughs> anyway, okay, Luke, let's, let's move these, look through these quickly. Go. What do you got? <laughs> okay, this is, you're always asking me about this one. I just thought I'll do you a favor and answer it. Um, yeah. <laughs> why do farts smell worse in the bath or the shower? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Always, Good always question. Me. Okay, so there's a few things here. <laughs> one, there's like there's three three reasons. I'll, they kind of come together. They compound. So one is apparently when you do a fart with underwear or trousers, the air gets trapped and released more slowly than when you're naked in a bath or a shower. Mm. So the air just the fart goes into the air more quickly. Two, you're in an enclosed space, so it kind of traps you in the smell a little bit more. 
And then mm. three, there's kind of a theory that gas particles bind to water vapor, you know, better than they do to dry air. So when you kind of, when that binding then happens. Wouldn't that get drawn down in the shower? No, because warm air they, rises and the gases yeah, in the water warm, goes down. If it binds to the but water, the, it's the it vapor, just the vapor. So oh, the vapor's the vapor. going up. And so the, you know, the gas binds with the water vapor and it shoots up quickly because it's hot. And that hits your nostrils more quickly than dry air is the other thing. Um, And so, and also like when you're, the other thing is in a bath, like the gas stays in its own little bubble and then it hits oxygen about six inches from your nose. And so it's a very short distance for it to dissipate before it hits your nostrils. Do you feel weird in the bath? I If it's hot and I'm just lying there, I start to feel like a bit dizzy or something. It's weird. Like I guess everything's dilating and... My blood pressure is getting low. I don't yeah. know. I feel weird. I'm, I love a hot bath, but I have to, when I have a really hot bath, I have to go lie on the bed for half an hour to recover. Like It's like I've fainted. It's, yeah. it's the price you pay for a hot bath. Okay, moving on. Fire walking. What is that about? Can I guess? I've, I've seen a bit of Tony Robbins do fire walking. And my theory is it's more science than than willpower or mind control. I just reckon that you move across the, the coals at a fast enough pace that you're you're not really on any coal for long enough for you to be really hurt or burnt or severely injured by it. And your adrenaline's up so you can deal with a bit more pain than normal. And those two things together explain fire walking. Yeah, it, it's absolutely science. It's, there's no... Uh, a lot of people... A lot of It's really famous and really common in a lot of tribes. It's just weird because it's, they've kind of come up with this thing independently. But, you know, they'll say it's due to religion or spirits or all sorts of stuff. Um, and it's been going on since 1200 BC, apparently. They light the fire with charcoal well ahead of time and let it burn. They reckon there's the ashes settle on top of the, oh, the coals. So the little protective layer. And that layer. actually acts as a buffer because the heat doesn't transfer through ash anywhere near as well oh, as, nice. you know, if the ash wasn't there. Yep. So it's kind of buffering things. And you're right, the length of the time the foot is actually on the coal is very small. Mm. So they're having a lot more time in the air. Yep. To cool off, which is true, um, and <laughs> you had, have you had a stroke? <laughs> no, I'm just reading this thing, and I'm like, "That's a crap point. That's a crap point." Look, that's basically it. <laughs> so, this is this is summing up the Christmas episode. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, science, science, science is why. <laughs> go quick. How, look, how go. do you think we're going? We, this is terrible. We're breaking, we're breaking this the is, curse, this is, isn't it? Yeah, no, the curse, the curse continues. continues. Go, go on, okay. number three. Do you remember when we were kids and you would heat up your leftover dinner the next day and the yep. night before you put a little blob of sauce on the plate and then you put yep. it in the microwave the next day to heat it up and that tomato sauce is like lava. Yep. How hot does tomato sauce get? Ridiculous. Why do you, what do you think is going on there? Why does tomato and tomato sauce get so hot? I'm thinking there's just a higher water content because microwave works on water and I'm going to say tomato sauce is probably mostly water as opposed to, you know, whatever you're eating for dinner unless you're having water for dinner, (laughs) Um, which would be weird. Water and tomato sauce. (laughs) But I'm going to say it's the water content. Yeah, bang on. Knock that out of the park. The only little thing I can add to that is it's more about food with a very high water content like tomatoes. It gets hot at the same rate as other foods. But water holds its heat for longer. So tomato just cools down more slowly than the other food on your plate. So right. you get it out of the microwave, it's all boiling hot. 
back to your table, the other stuff was already cooled down a fair bit, but your tomato mm. is still lava. Is is what's going on there? And tomato sauce, but and, and tomatoes as well will keep their heat a lot. If you're yep. having a meal with a tomato, I approach with caution <laughs> when I'm eating when I'm eating that tomato because you know it's going to be the hottest thing oh, on the plate. You know, sometimes it's a juicy tomato and you cut into it and you get a little splattering of tomato juice that you feel like you needed to be wearing some nuclear suit or something. Like it's just so hot. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Okay, Don, next one. Go. Okay, next one. Deodorant. Something of special interest to Luke or not special interest to Luke <laughs> based on his smell. Um, what's deodorant about? Basically, I never thought about it that much, but the deodorant and then you've got antiperspirant. Now, most of what we buy is both. So deodorants don't have any... Um, they don't stop you from sweating. Deodorants basically... Basically, we've covered this basically before. I'm going to stop saying basically. <laughs> yeah. But we've, <laughs> we've covered it before. The reason you smell is because your sweat glands, different types of sweat glands, and there's one certain type which um, is activated when you hit puberty, which is why teenagers get so stanky. Deodorants, which will work on the the sweat glands that you know secrete the sweat, and they work on the bacteria under your under your arm, and you've got antiperspirants, which basically has things like aluminium and zirconium, whatever that is, which literally stop you from sweating. You know. Cutting it off right at the source. Whereas so some stop the sweating and others just deal with the bacteria that's a result of the sweating. Yeah. Right. Now, most of what you can buy now is both. It does Right. Both. Okay. Poof. Okay. Are we nearly through? <laughs> We're nearly through. That was terrible. I can barely put a sentence together. Ridiculous. Anyway, Luke, quick, last one. Let's get this over with. Let's, last one. let's let these people have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to frame this as a question. Do you find that you... You often get sick at the beginning of your holidays. Not really, but I know it's a thing. Yeah. Apparently there's a thing called leisure sickness, where it's a supposed condition where people are more likely to get sick at the start of their holidays, particularly people that are in high pressure, high stress um, jobs, that the second they go on holidays, their immune system falls apart. And for a long time, and there was this study done of like 2,000 Dutch people and apparently like 3,000, sorry, 3% of people say they have, they get leisure, leisure sickness, which is not many when you think about it. Um, mm. And so the basic theory is or was... Like it's so little, you'd probably not bother doing a topic on a podcast. Anyway, <laughs> <go> on. <laughs> the theory is obviously that the stress of work and getting off on, getting away from work to go on leave often results in a lot more work because you have to kind of get the work done that you're going to be doing when you're away. Um, you have a lot of stress heading up to leave and that really wears down your immune system. And so the second you, you get on holidays, you get sick because your immune system's run down. That was the, that's the, that's yeah. the main theory. But then mm. there's this other group of people that say, no, you actually are, you know, are no more likely to get sick on your holidays. It's just that it's more memorable when you do. And so it's just that it's right. annoyingly memorable. You get a bit bitter about yeah. it. So, oh, of course, I really wanted this holiday and now I'm sick on it and it's ruined it and I really needed it because I've been so stressed at work. Why do I always get sick on holidays? But, nah, you just don't remember the times you're sick and got a day off work and, you know, got to sit on the couch all day. So, mm. that's it's kind of a bit of a, a jury's out on does leisure sickness actually exist or not. Yeah, right. Oh. Interesting. Anyway, there's your sixth there's present. Sixth. We're, really, <laughs> we're really apologetic about it. What rubbish presents? <laughs> Absolute rubbish. Stocking fillers. Get them out of the stocking. Chuck them in the bin. <laughs> I did, next year, did we just not do a Christmas special? Did we just do a normal episode? Is that what we need to do? 
Possibly. I'm tempted to just skip out on them. Unless we can do the Christmas episode I've wanted to do for years, which was Christmas fetishes. You have such a fetish for the Christmas fetishes. I do. There's a whole weird world out there. And uh, I don't think we know any anything about right, it. Can't be any worse. We may as well give it a shot. We cannot be any yeah. worse. Okay, maybe next year. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it again. Before we move on to Magpie impressions, what's your favourite Christmas Carol? Well, Christmas hmm. song. Favorite Christmas song? Good question. Um, okay, I'm gonna. It's gonna be an unpopular opinion. What do you think I'm gonna say? I think you're gonna say uh, the Mariah Carey one. All I want for Christmas. I is am you. gonna yeah. say the Mariah Carey song. It's an absolute cracker. <laughs> What's your? They reckon. Oh, it's, it's it's easily one of the best it's songs a, of Christmas. It's a great song. What's your worst? What's your what's your most hated? Most hated. I really don't like that Wham song, that last Christmas song. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a lot of back, backlash about that. Baby, it's oh cold yeah. Outside. Have you listened to that with with fresh eyes? Yeah, I have. That's that's quite questionable. It's, it's, it is quite questionable. It also doesn't mention Christmas once. It's like there's nothing about it that's Christmassy. It's just it's cold outside and he wants to, you know, hold her hostage. That's true. Basically. I never realised that. It's yeah. nothing to do with Christmas. My most hated song is, you know, the We Wish You a Merry Christmas, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Mm. The verse about the figgy pudding. You know, yeah, look, I was actually going to make a reference to figgy pudding and I think I do every Christmas <laughs> episode, which may be why it's rubbish. Figgy pudding references are up 3,000% during the month of December. But it, it is the rudeness of that verse, though. It's the, bring us some figgy pudding, which is, that's demanding mm. in the first stance. Now, bring us some figgy, figgy pudding. We won't go until we get some. Like That's a threat. You're drawing the line at figgy pudding. Everything that's going on in the world, you're drawing a line at figgy pudding. And then bring it out but here. I'm, like, Have you ever had or have you known anyone that's actually eaten figgy pudding? Isn't figgy pudding just a normal Christmas pudding? Well, I assume it's pudding made of fig. Isn't that like... But what it sounds like, if you if you made a pudding out of figs, you're not calling it figgy pudding, you're calling it fig pudding. Fig pudding, yeah. It's almost like if there's too many figs in it, you would say, this pudding is a bit figgy. You could say that. Or you could also make it out of something else and eat it and go, wow, this is a bit figgy, <laughs> which is weird because there's no figs in there. Both of those <laughs> are viable options. It's a bit figgy. That's true. Yeah. Anyway. If you put the right amount of figs in it, you would not be saying that sentence. No, you say, this is a perfectly normal fig pudding. <laughs> exactly right. That's what you'd say. Yeah. Um, okay. Any other? All right. Let's crack on to the magpie <laughs> thing and let's leave these poor people alone. It's alive. like we're running a meeting with a tight agenda and we're just trying to whip through it to get out by 5 p.m. Have you, you know, when you do meetings and I assume it's the same everywhere else, but they'll go, can everyone... Can I get two people to, you know, say that the minutes reflect the last <laughs> yeah. meeting? And and no one remembers. No one cares. They're, no one's even reading the minutes. They're like, yeah, I can concur that that's reflective of whatever. Yeah, whatever. I always want the chair to turn around and quiz them on the minutes. I just really want them <laughs> they to. They really that. should. It's the biggest, like the, the biggest scam in all of meetings. Uh, <laughs> righty. This is our first competition, Magpie in Prayer. I don't even know where this came from. It was a, a brainchild of yours, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And so, you one episode you pulled out a Magpie impression that was was quite good. I followed up with a Magpie impression that was actually a very good turkey impression. It was, mm. <laughs> it really <laughs> it was a great was, turkey yeah. impression. And then we have been inundated with Magpie submissions ever since we put the call out for 
Best best magpie impersonation gets a what's that about mug. Yeah, there's a lot of demand for mug, oh. which is reflected by the vast amount of entries we had into the competition. It's, we have had to create a shortlist, not because we didn't get a lot of submissions, but just because we thought it'd be more time efficient to shortlist it to four magpie impressions. Definitely, you know, we've got so many, the inbox kind of exploded, but... Let's just. It's not like we only got four. It's actually just the short no. list. And it's, it's not as though two of them are from people that we're in a relationship with. It's just that we don't have time on this and episode. And one of them is a friend of mine. That That's not actually probably not true. No. We're short on time. It's nearly Christmas. We need to get through this. Let's just do Let's just do the first four we grabbed out of the inbox. And yep, first four. Just run with them. So um, who should we start with? Let's do Brian Tripp's. This is my... Honestly, it's one of my favourite ones. I'm going to be honest. Not because it's the most like a magpie, but because... Oh, we love you, Trippy. Anyway. <laughs> it's a good effort. He's, okay, here he's we go. He's right to the top of the tree for me, uh, Brian, after this. <laughs> well, I thought that was great. <laughs> It brings to mind so many things it sounds like, none of which is a magpie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the sound I would expect a magpie to make after getting hit by a car. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a man, like someone's got a foot on a man's throat and he's just trying to survive. <laughs> well, the other thing it sounds like a little bit is like when someone's cleaning a window and it's like... There's, like, there's just a little bit of that about it as well. It's like it's like a cartoon, and Brian Tripp's in the cartoon cleaning the window with a bird. <laughs> is, what it's exactly like that. is it a sponge? He's got the bird going up and down. <laughs> Perfect. It's going to be hard to oh, beat. Good. I'm saying it. Off we the shouldn't bat. just mock everybody's entries. We will, because... We'll never get so many entries ever again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to Simon's. So, Simon. Not a friend of mine. You guys have Just never, about you've listener. never played in the band together. You've never gone no, to the no, same no. school. You've never lived in the same city. No. So, here's Simon's. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I think we're finding it's quite hard to do a magpie impression. That's what we're yeah. learning. <laughs> We really shouldn't just make fun of all the entries to the magpie competition. What did that sound like to you? Okay, so that one to me sounded like... It did sound like a magpie, but it sounded like a magpie who's had a case of beer. Because it's just... That's, I've never, that's a slurred tweet, is what that is. It's... it's he's, the magpie is... He's, he's lying down. He's... I think he's eating some pizza slowly at the end of the night. Way back on the couch, so his chin is on his neck, just with a glass of wine. That was, that was the magpie equivalent of "You think you're better than me?" <laughs> <laughs> like he's getting a bit shirty with the other magpies. Excellent. This is uh, a roaring success. I wish you could hear the others. I yeah. wish you could hear all the others, but we haven't got time. <laughs> all right. So this next entry is Luke's wife. She's. I think she felt sorry for me when she saw how empty the inbox was. Before it started overflowing. And she just threw a little bone my way. That's actually pretty good. That's actually good. spot on. That is a... Sp- I know I'm biased, but that is a spot on magpie. 
That's a very good magpie. Um, can't make fun of that one. It's too good. Too accurate. Can you make fun of something for being too accurate? That's incredible. It's like it's just landed on the balcony and you fed it a little bit of raw meat and it has thanked you for it. That is incredible. Okay. And this is Leah's entry. Here we go. <laughs> okay. <It's laughs> well, that was actually, it started really strong. And I, th- I think it did derail a little bit at the end. The Yeah, the, the first point four of a second was Dead Set Magpie. And then yeah. it just turned into almost like a Adam Sandler character with a... <laughs> like it, was, it was very <laughs> Billy Madison. There was something Billy Madison in there. It was a bit Billy Madison. <laughs> um, all right, so that's, that's the short list of the entries. Not all of mm-hmm. them. The short list. Mm-hmm. Um... Look, I think your wife probably is the best magpie, but I'm going to disqualify her because she's your wife. Yeah. That's only so, fair. So there's, a, there's a bias there. I don't think she would drink out of the mug if she received it anyway, to be honest. Well, I've got one here. And my girlfriend, Leah, I'm pretty sure she actively avoids drinking out of it. And if she does, it's not on the Don side, it's on the Luke side. <laughs> which, which I'm not happy with. <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> been in that situation where the barista makes you a coffee with a little bit of coffee art in the top of it, and occasionally mm. they do a little bit of a swirl that everyone has a little giggle. It looks a little bit like a, uh, a penis. Always, always does. does. Yeah. And then I always the, the funniest bit for me is where they choose to take their first sip from. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> That is <laughs> either intentionally or unintentionally. It is always hilarious. <laughs> I've never thought of that. That's good. <laughs> so I guess if my wife is disqualified, I would like to put in a nomination for Brian Tripp. I think Trippy. It's. I think Brian Tripp. No offense to all the other entries. Loved them. Excellent. But we kind of know you, and I feel like <laughs> show a bit of favoritism. As yeah, as the only, also not the only, as the one of the four shortlisted people who we didn't know, I would like to announce, Brian, you are the honorary winner of the Magpie impersonation competition. If you you sent us your pie, you've scored yourself a mug, Brian Trip. If you would like to receive the mug, message us with an address, and Don will pay all expenses to get that mug out to you before Christmas. I probably will, actually, because that's just the way this podcast works. <laughs> all right. <that's... laughs> nah, yep. Sounds good. Brian, congratulations. Excellent magpie. Keep it up. I think Brian's our number one fan. He's, I think he's right to the top. I did see Warren Groom commented on an Instagram post the other day, which was he great did. to see. He's making a late play. He's, it was great. Sad he didn't put a magpie impression in, but yeah, that was that's, that's Warren for you. Halsey? Where's Halsey? Sarah Thornton? Yep. Where are our regulars? There's a lot that have gone. Maybe they've listened to the last Christmas episodes and said, I'm tapping out. All right. Well, I think we're I done. Think are we done? For we're the done y- for the year. We're done for the year. We usually don't take a break. We usually push through all throughout the year and release you know, six, seven episodes in the 12-month period. So you'll hear from us again soon. Sorry about the episode, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a bit sad. Is there sad Christmas music? Is that the thing? I reckon you should try and find some and let's just go out on the most sad, depressing Christmas music you can find. somber note. All right. So, guys, Merry Christmas. Thanks for sticking with us. Have a good new year and we will see you next year, 2022. Hear what's that about? Yes. Have a good festive season and we'll catch you next year. Thanks for listening. Love you guys.